Praise be to God. Um, I want to share with you this morning, um, I'm sort of arrested by the scriptures, but uh, I'll just say uh, I've been arrested uh, (laughs) by the Lord. Um, A few weeks ago, David's mentioned before, one one of the things that we try really hard to do is when we're reading in the Word to, to really listen with our heart and our spirit that the Lord might stop us and really let us stay with the Scripture. And Deborah shared a word the other evening that she said that the Lord had really impressed on her heart and that she had stayed with. And sometimes it's, the, it's an, in our conversation or an event that occurs, and suddenly you know that something has happened that you must pause and stop, and God just stops you and arrests you, and you you ponder and you listen and you try to hear. <clears throat> and uh, this is a little hard to see, but two weeks ago. Um, I was up in Nashville. Some of you may remember that I had to go there to be with our friend Terry Smith uh, for a ministry that we are uh, trying to start uh, that will focus around Terry's work with people. And we have a, a little board has been created. I'm on the board. And we have an honorary uh, person on the board, Landon Saunders. Some of you will remember Landon. Uh, many of you are too young to remember Landon. But Landon in the 70s, you'd be driving uh, late at night on a, uh, on a road trip, and this voice would come on the radio for 30 seconds, and there, it would start off with a beat of a heart. And it, it was a ministry called Heartbeat. And Landon would come and talk with you for 30 seconds. And then he would go off. And they always arrested you. He was so gifted. He was like Maxie Dunham, who had similar program probably 15 years later. Anyway, Landon has been um, all over the world uh, giving himself to try to be a servant of God for now 70, uh, almost 70 years. Um, he's 75, and uh, this is a picture of Landon at Terry's house. And we were seated uh, at, at breakfast, just Landon and Terry and Charlotte and I, and Landon made a comment in kind of reflecting on his life's work that the thing that really seemed to be one of the great keys in touching other people was joy. And he said that it, 
she had become to him more valuable to talk about than love because love has so many strange uh, meanings in our society. And then he went on to say that he thought that joy was energy. And I could see Terry, he was doing the same thing I was. We both just sort of stopped in our being there with Landon and just were like, joy, joy is energy. And I, I really was arrested. I thought, I have, to, I have to really think about this. This is two weeks ago. And coming back, um, I'm listening to some tapes that I asked. Fran has been kind enough to make four sets, two tapes each. And I've been listening to these, these tapes recently. And I was listening and thinking about what Landon said. And I felt like Father was just really speaking to me on several levels. And um, so I want to share with you this, this question because we all, uh, we all exist. Everybody here in the room is in some sort of state. But, but I know the state that God wants us to be in, and that is a state of joy. Uh, he has uh, done, gone to extraordinary lengths to bring us into a state of joy. But um, I think sometimes we would have to say, if we really evaluated what state are you in, that it would not be joy. Sometimes, occasionally, you may feel that this word we use for joy might be similar to something you're experiencing But I think that very few of us have experienced the type of joy that Jesus came to give on a constant, everlasting basis. So what I want to share this morning is about you're going to leave behind something. It may be despair, anxiety, worry that you leave with others when when they think of your presence. But what God would have you leave behind is a legacy of joy. And I, I, I really feel a call to call you and call myself. I feel God's calling me to a state of joy, and I'm taking it really seriously because I don't have as much time left, perhaps, as some of you. Um, here's the promise. We talked uh, several months ago about the promise. I don't know that everyone was here. I know Deborah wasn't here. About the promise that God had made that the early church was looking for, that Jesus promised would come, and it was the Holy Spirit. But here's Isaiah 61 talking about the promise. And he said, and I've I've condensed this a little bit, but you'll see why. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to provide for those who grieve in Zion the oil of gladness, a garment of praise, and everlasting joy. This is the same scripture. Jesus spoke the scripture uh, of himself 
same text. And if you really look here, the heart of this is the promise uh, that Jesus came with the anointing, with the Holy Spirit, that we might be able to have the garment of praise and the oil of gladness and everlasting joy. And Landon, working with the Word of God, being with people all these years of ministry, he's got it. And one of the reasons I have his picture here is when you're with him, he's got it. When you think about Terry, to a great degree, he's got it. These, these people, I can think of E.H. Himes who preceded them, who had the same, had the same impact. They had gone on and aged and were full of a deep, indescribable, supernatural joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now I want to shift you, and I, this is very serious sort of conversation today for people in the church. These, these are two brain scans. Uh, we're going to look at some brain scans, but the scan that is on your, your left is the scan of a child who had a normal Environment. These scans were done at about six years old, and it's a scan of the brain. The, child, the scan of the brain on the right, same time period of a child who had, been, had, had received severe neglect. And what you see there in the scan is that there are deficits. There are sections of the brain that have shut down. They are actually not working. The neural network that is, I think, billions of miles long that's inside of our brain, that when you think about thought, and you have a thought, well, what you really, you have, uh, I don't even know, I don't have words to describe what's happening in our brains, but these, there are connections between pieces of information that move through the brain to different sections of the brain, and they are bathed. There, there's a neural network, and it is bathed in a chemical bath. And these little things are moving around, and we talk, and we feel, and we see as these things happen. But when there is abnormality, when there is hurt physiologically and emotionally, the brain actually physiologically is hurt and less well-formed. And this is a brain that, without some treatment, carries forward through adulthood and may get worse and worse. Now, this is a... This is a top view of a brain with uh, a scan system called SPEC, which I'm sure Chuck knows about. But it's an older system that uh, they went to different ways of scanning later. But this scan system allows a three-dimensional view of uh, brain activity. 
And this, I'm showing you this first so that you can see uh, the way the brain looks in a contoured method when you do this type of scan. This is the healthy brain. Okay, this is probably a little hard for you all to see, but here I have four types of brain that have also been scanned. The first one on the left is a scan of a person who has been doing heroin for several years. You see the malformation of the brain. Uh, I hope you can really see this because when I saw these scans, it, it really terrified me to think about the consequences that we don't understand when we do things that are very addictive. The second one is the brain of an alcoholic. And these really make me sad to look at these brains. I mean, I, I'm just sad to look at them. The third one is the brain of someone who smokes and drinks a significant amount of caffeine. Now, for those of you that have been to Starbucks this morning, it, it takes, it's, this, this, this person took three pots of coffee a day. A lot of caffeine. A lot of caffeine. So your brain may not look quite this bad. <laughs> However, <laughs> there's obviously an impact from the drug and the brain. The last one is, uh, is someone who suffers from really deep anger and maybe ADD or ADHD. That just happens to be the scan was of that, that individual. Okay. The next one on the left is a brain that has been taking marijuana. Now remember the way the brain looked in the first slide. The second one is just an ADHD person, but you can see that there are sections that are simply not firing, that the neural system is not working properly. The third one is a child that fell uh, on, on its head at six years old. Uh, this is a top-down view, and you think about the way the development of the brain was on the first slide. And the fourth one is something we have a, we must have a lot of these brains in our community because these are meth addicts. This is the, the head, the brain of a meth addict. So, I'm driving back and I'm thinking about Romans 12.2. The transformation, uh, our transformation by the renewing of the mind. Back to really the way it was when God first conceived, you were conceived in God. And there, there are several men and women internationally that are working very hard on brain studies. These were things that were 
totally unknown except to God a hundred years ago. People just had no idea that you would have these physiological problems from childhood trauma, from neglect, from abuse, that the brain itself would be malformed, not exactly functional, fully functional. And so God calls us, and Paul called us, to renew our minds through transformation. And this is the scripture that, uh, that I really first really thought about as I was focusing in on my, thinking about my brain uh, as I'm driving back from Nashville. That righteousness, peace, and joy are in the Holy Spirit. That deep peace, deep joy are states that do not occur outside of the Holy Spirit. And I really felt that Father just spoke to me and said, because I have, I have a lot of books on the brain, I really thought Father just said, you can put aside the books. Just be with me in the Holy Spirit. Let me be with you in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. And I will do something to your brain that is not yet complete. So, This is, this is the problem. I mean, we've seen physical signs of what the brain is like when we really misbehave or someone has misbehaved with us, that it can cause really very difficult problems. No matter how much we may want to be different, we're set with our brains as they are. And this is a this is an important scripture, and I'm sorry, I, I think it's in Galatians. I actually forgot to put the reference down. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. But the sinful mind is hostile to God. And it does not submit to God's law. Nor can it do so. We have to have the Holy Spirit if we are really going to have effective, deep change. And even though drugs can adjust our behavioral patterns, and particularly they can adjust the way the neuron network works, that's what happens when you take Adderall or Ritalin. You're affecting the way the brain works. And they've done scans of people with severe problems like the cocaine or the ADHD. And there are drugs that will, over a four-year period, actually you start looking at the scans and you see that the brain is physiologically changing and functioning more like a normal brain. But God would have us transformed. He has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit that we might be transformed. There are 
think think about the spirit. Um, it's, it's interesting to think about joy, because when I think about joy, I really think about a state. I thought about uh, like my state of being. The, my thoughts are moving along these neural pathways. They're bathed in a chemical bath. And it's, it's, it's like if the state, if you're in a state of joy and your brain is functioning and you have these thoughts moving along the neural pathways bathed in a chemical bath, it's like they are bathed in joy. Because those who have gone before us testify, you know, the great, some of the really great servants of God will testify that joy is not a matter of pleasure or happiness or affliction. That you can be under in the midst of affliction and be in a state of joy. This is really good news. And it's a wonder that this is the case. And the Spirit, if you operate in the Spirit, there are fruits allowing the Spirit to come be with you. We sang, I mean, the responsive psalm this morning. I don't have the, the, the response part. But it said that the Lord pours out its own. That's actually on the program. Can somebody? Yeah, fill us with your love, O Lord. Pour out your love into our lives, and we will be filled with joy. It is the result of an activity on us by God. Through the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit has these fruits. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. These are gifts. These are fruits of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's really the best way to say it. Because... You can think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit more like tools, like prophecy, speaking in tongues, um, healing. There, there, there are many gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the outcome of the Holy Spirit, this is what we're looking for as outcomes in our lives. And so I have to ask the question of myself, and I can ask it of you. How are things doing on the fruit? What is your state of being? Are you bathed in love? Are you filled with joy? Are you in peace, deep peace, even when you are under great affliction? Because that's really the gift that God wants to give to you, to be with Him and let Him be with you all the time no matter what your brain looks like. Isn't that wonderful? And here's the other amazing thing. If you let God do this, your brain physiologically will change. So, 
The other scripture that came to me on the road was this one, which is one that I think is a really important word for me. And I've, I've mentioned before, I have been praying for the last two weeks so much in the Holy Spirit uh, I am praying uh, some with my mind, but mostly in the Spirit where my mind is not fruitful. And it, when you are praying this way, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit, your mind is unfruitful and you're not thinking about all sorts of cognitive thoughts. You're having this deep, wonderful conversation with God. Maybe you're singing in the Spirit, which as a community we have almost not done at all, and I don't know why, but it's a wonderful experience that Fran and I had a great deal in, our, in the 70s, where the whole community would just sing together in the Spirit. Uh, people would go for hours and hours. Very close to this is singing with the mind, some of the wonderful songs that God has given, allowed the church to have, the Psalms, uh, that just, you may be just singing. And, but what, what's happening in the brain is that the brain is being transformed, and therefore the mind. So Jude says, Pray in the Holy Spirit. And here's some, for those of you that have not spent any time on brain study, and maybe some of these slides connect with you about issues that you might have. Uh, the first one is a book. Uh, it's actually available in Google Docs, maybe for free, I'm not sure, but you can buy the book for $13. It's by a doctor who works with Dr. Amen, who is a very uh, famous uh, Christian uh, researcher on the brain. Some of you have seen him perhaps on PBS because he they often feature him on PBS. But this is called This Is Your Brain on Joy, written by a Christian doctor. And it, it uh, underlines the fact that great change can happen just through prayer. The other one I just throw out here for all of the food, uh, foodies in the, in the group. Uh, this is a blog, and, and um, we'll, have, we'll upload this eventually, maybe it's when Steve gets back try to figure out how to do it today. We'll upload the, the PowerPoint. So if you want to go back and study some of the scans, you can. Or if you want to go look at this blog spot, you can. This, this, this blog is um, just some girl that just was writing about the impact of having read the book about the brain and the brain scans related to food. Because food has a chemical... Um, consequence. The different foods that we take have chemical components that actually have physiological results. And so there's a, there's a big study about that. And that's talked about in the book. 
exercise is another thing that changes the way our metabolism works, the way our chemicals are working. So a lot of this relates to having a healthy brain, which is really the inheritance that every one of us should look for. And my view is, particularly the young people in the room, think about your brain if you get uh, to be as old as I am, what it will be like and that you can, if you give yourself to prayer and praying in the Spirit and singing, that you can transform the neural networks so that you actually go out with a healthy brain and you leave a memory with those that you love, a legacy of love and joy and peace. May it be so. Amen. Let me read you one more thing. I'm sorry, this, but this is, this is interesting. This is an old book for me. From the 70s, some of you may have read this, Surprised by Joy, by our friend C.S. Lewis. Let me read you. Lewis was a really tough atheist. Uh, he, was, he was absolutely anti-anything of religion and particularly, I mean, he was actually, he ver- verged over to the occult. Uh, as he was developing. And uh, so this book is actually biographical. And he said this about joy because it was the recognition of the state, the desire for this thing that touched him once or twice that he knew was otherworldly, that he called joy. It was that thing that led him away from being an atheist to God. And this is what he said about joy. I doubt whether anyone who has tasted joy would ever, if both were in his power, exchange it for all the pleasures in the world. But then, joy is never in our power, and pleasure often is. And then the last thing to share is Isaiah 51.11. This is a song that we have sung, uh, some of us, many, many times. Uh, But I love this song because it again shows... What happens when the Lord shows up? This, this is talking about the redeemed of the Lord who are in captivity. And it's a prophecy from Isaiah. Then shall the redeemed of the Lord return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Sorrow and sadness shall be no more. Gladness and joy will overtake them. May it be so.